It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got a loaded show today. Michael Grady is going to join us, voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's got some great stories about what goes on within that organization. Also, What's next for Anthony Edwards and this Timberwolves team in the playoff run that they possibly could make? But the Timberwolves won. They beat the Nets. Where do they fall in this play-in, and who would we rather see them play? We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on today to get started. That's fanduel.com backslash locked on. And you know it's basketball season, playoff time, so those parlays are going to get better and better and better as the season. Or just put your money on your team to win out in a seven-game series. I know the play-in parlays, Timberwolves, whoever they're playing, I'm probably putting my money on the, on the Timberwolves in the early play-in parlays, but that's up to you what you want to do. And remember, you can now download Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your Amazon Fire Roku TV device, search Locked On Sports Minnesota, and you can get all of our shows and our videos right there on your TV. Well, as I bring Sam Exum to the show, my producer, Sam, we got Michael Grady joining us. So we're going to jump into that pretty quick. Uh, but we got to talk about this. The Timberwolves won. Now they are 40 and 40. And I, I pose this question to Mike, and I'm going to pose it to you, Sam. If I were to tell you 
the Minnesota Timberwolves, like if this was, let's go way back to the beginning, beginning of the season, they traded for Rudy Gobert, everybody's excited. If I said, man, after this trade, I, I see the future. They're going to be two games behind the, behind the Warriors. Two games behind the Warriors. One game behind the Lakers with LeBron and AD. Where would you have thought those teams would be seated right now if I were to give you that? Whew. Probably two and three and the Wolves four. Like I, I think I would have assumed that the Nuggets were probably pretty good. Nuggets were probably up there. Um, and I guess Grizzlies too. Gosh, there are a lot of teams on paper who were supposed to be really good. And yeah. the Wolves were one of them. And I think if you look at the projection on over-under win total yep. and what they actually ended up at, I'm guessing the Wolves are, are probably one of the worst uh, uh, differences in the league because I think they were projected high 40, mid-40s, high 40s, and right now they're at 40. Um, so it's, it's crazy how the West has shaken out. It's so much worse, and maybe it's because there are so many kind of average teams that just beat up on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's been hard for anybody to really get any traction. That includes the Timberwolves. But here they are, Ron. They've got destiny in their own hands in the sense that they can win out and be in that 7-8 play-in game. And then if you win that, then you're kind of right back where you were last year, playing the Grizzlies 7-2. versus two. And the, the Wolves honestly have the best chance next to the Lakers as well, uh, and the Nuggets, of course, because they're all kind of even home and away. When you look at their home and away record, uh, for or sorry, away record. So meaning when you have to go on the road, you have a 50-50 chance of winning. The Timberwolves are 19 and 21 on the road. The Lakers are 20 and 20 on the road. The Nuggets are 19 and 20. Now, this was crazy. The Warriors on the road, Sam. If you had to guess, what do you think they're on the road? I've seen this. I, oh, you, I know, so you, so I know their home cheat. record is ridiculous. So I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing their road record is like 10 and 30. Yes, they are 9 and 30 on the road. Like that is atrocious. Wow. Like 9 and 30 on the road. And you're right. Their home is ridiculous. 33 and 8. But they do right now as it stands. They have to go on the road more than they have to be home for the Sun Series. And so that that that's going to be better for the Suns because the Suns at home are 27 and 12. But the Timberwolves are 21 and 19 at home and 19 and 21 on the road. They're 5 and 5 in their last 10. Like this is crazy. This is crazy. And the Suns. Since Kevin Durant has played, whenever he plays, they are undefeated. 7-0 whenever Kevin Durant plays. So this West is one of those deals where Suns Nuggets, I'm putting the Suns in the finals. I am. Like, if it comes down to Suns Nuggets, I'm putting the Suns in the finals. Like, I, I just feel like it. the Warriors, they got, like, Michael Gray's going to talk about this. They got uh, Andrew Wiggins back. And so when you think about the Timberwolves win over the Nets, what I saw was Michael Conley hit some big threes down the stretch to help, you know, keep that lead. Uh, I saw Anthony Edwards really active. I saw Rudy Gobert on the boards. I saw Carl Anthony Towns playing within himself. Um, that's what they have to be every game. But I think the big one for me, and I've said this about D'Lo, Anthony Edwards always needed D'Lo to help him out. And I said in the playoffs last year when they talked about this, I said D'Lo has to get hot. He has to – Mike Conley has to be able to do what he did last night, which is knock down open threes. Earlier in the season, the Timberwolves were not knocking down. They would be wide open, and they're missing, and they were losing these games. Now, Mike Conley knocked a couple down. Hopefully, that's the confidence builder going because they have two games left. But if they win out and the Pelicans win their next two – or sorry, the Timberwolves win one, Pelicans win their next two because the Pelicans play tonight, the Grizzlies, so the Grizzlies can help the Warriors out – or sorry, the, the Timberwolves out because if they lose tonight, Pelicans and Timberwolves are literally deadlocked. They're dead even. 
and then they both play one more game. Hopefully the Timberwolves can win, and then hopefully the Pelicans lose again, or maybe the Pelicans win. Who cares? Because then they play at the very end against each other. And at the very end, that half game right now, so the Timberwolves are half game back. But, you know, again, that's because the Pelicans haven't played tonight, so they're going to be even or get a half game up on them because of percentage. It's going to be interesting what happens with this team and how they can play down the stretch. But in my opinion, you have to find another score to help Anthony Edwards out. Um, but Sam, I mean, your thoughts on this, if they go into this and, and losing Nas Reed was huge. Michael Grady brought that up too. You brought that up. We talked about that. That was your biggest, you know, piece with that, when that happened on the round table that Nas Reed was out. But when you think about this team with Nas Reed out, what needs to happen with the big three, I guess you'll say Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Cause that's what they need. This is the reason why they bought him in was for this defensive playoff run. What do you think needs to happen? Yeah, well, I, I just loved Carl Anthony Towns' approach last night. I didn't against Portland on Sunday, but I thought he made yeah. an adjustment. And in the fourth quarter, when they needed to score every time down the floor, Carl Anthony Towns was getting to a spot close to the basket. He, yep. he was posting guys up, and he had a little size advantage. He was backing guys down, getting into the paint, and he's got that nice little hook shot. Um, High-quality shots late in that game. I thought the shot selection was awesome. And, and that's what Nas Reed is great at is slashing, getting to the rim kind of at will. And if Carl Anthony Towns can have that mindset uh, to get to the basket, if Anthony Edwards can attack, 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 that's when I think these Wolves can be dangerous. Um, it's when that Towns um, gets a little out of control sometimes. Sometimes I think they hunt threes a little too much. But when they attack, I think they can be good. Well, we got to get to Michael Grady because he's got a lot of good stuff to talk about about this Timberwolves team. He's the voice of the Timberwolves. But remember, people, you can check out the Minnesota football party four days a week, Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. And as Ron told you in the open, it's going to be fun to get in the action during the NBA play-in and the NBA playoffs. If you're a new customer, you can get a no-sweat first bet. So get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download that FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, very easy to use. You can bet on every line imaginable in the National Basketball Association. Rebounds, assists, uh, three-pointers in the first three minutes, something exclusive like that. Uh, you can also combine your bets within the same game for a big same game parlay and a potentially big payout. Don't miss your chance at that no sweat first bet. Check out fanduel.com slash locked on, fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, now it's time for the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. I got Michael Grady on. First off, when I saw Michael Grady uh, with the Timberwolves, I'm like, I got to reach out to the guy. He's black. Let's be real. Like, I, you know, I got to connect with, with, with my people. Um, but then I actually went to the game because of uh, Jim Peterson, good friend of mine. Uh, he had us come out to the game and uh, got to go on the floor. And then I met Michael Grady. And after meeting him, then I'm like, okay, I really got to get him in because he's a cool dude, uh, knows his stuff. 
Uh, but then when I get to listen to him, it's cool to know somebody and then hear him and be like, man, this dude knows what he's talking about. But man, thanks for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Uh, how is it back? Because you're from Jersey, so I know you're out there. They just played the Nets. How How is it being home? Man, it's been it's been good. And um, this is uh, Jersey and, and uh, Brooklyn in general. Um, I had a six year six year stretch there where um, like everybody just became you know, family became real close. They embraced me. I grew up in Indianapolis and worked, did TV, radio, a bunch of things there, and then kind of went out on a limb um, and coming to New York. And I just, you know, didn't know how I would be embraced, how the whole thing would go. And uh, it was it was love from the jump. So even though it was a short period of time and also went through the pandemic and things like that, it felt like a longer period of time. So um, it was a lot of love at the, uh, the Nets-Wolves game, for sure. First time the Barclays Center since last april and it was uh it was dope brother I had a great time great time and, and the wolves got the dope <laughs> exactly so being i was gonna <laughs> say being back, being back home somewhere you've uh you've been a part of uh yeah. was that was that even more sweet uh to get the victory knowing you know a lot of those people yeah yeah you know um it, it, it was and um and it's also always some friendly ribbon at the same time you know when you leave in the building man, but it was, it was, uh, it was, it was just crazy, man. Just the, um, the, the respect and seeing so many familiar faces. And when I left them at the end of last season, you know, I'm, I'm dapping up people and I'm saying, Hey, I'll see you next season. See you next season. <laughs> and everything went down with the Timberwolves in August. So I'm saying goodbye. I'll see you real soon, you know, in April, May. And then uh, August, everything just like flipped, you know, without, without warning. So it's been an amazing ride for me, and uh, I would I wouldn't be here without the good people and everybody there. Um, but yeah, it was you know rub it in a little bit. <laughs> and you mentioned that you know it's not just saying goodbye to people because uh, you think you're going to see them again next season. I'm pretty sure Adam Thielen, you know, same thing happened with him. He probably told a lot of his teammates in the season, man, can't wait to get back with you guys in the off season. Blah blah. Boom. Uh, not re-signed and he's gone to the or cut, sorry, cut and then gone to the Carolina yeah. Panthers. So this happens, but for him, uh, you know, his family's like, look, we're gonna uproot, we're gonna go to Carolina. For you, you just mentioned, you know, your wife and your kid are still in Jersey right now doing the back and forth thing. Uh, you know, for people that don't understand, because people are like, oh man, you have a great job. Like, but explain that part of it, man. Like, how how difficult is that sometimes uh having to live between two states? Yeah, it's not it's not easy. You know, I've never done the long distance, you know, thing. So that, that's been an adjustment um, for sure. And just finding times in the schedule where we can get together. And, and you know, for those of us, you know, like you work, working in sports, when that calendar comes out for the schedule. Yeah. I mean, that's like Christmas. Like you can now <laughs> finally map out your life. You can say, OK, we can meet in this city. You can come to town this time. You know, you can come in this weekend. So it's just a lot of planning and being um, as organized as possible, being as uh, intentional as possible, uh, especially when it comes to communication, which is key, whether or not you're in this, under the same roof or whether you're living apart. So, yeah, I would say it's been a, a quite the quite the adjustment. And I'm, I'm looking forward to things getting back to normal soon. Yeah, I can say, yeah, the schedule release, that is the, like for the NFL, that's what I'm waiting on now. Just We just got our email finally <laughs> that the draft party at U.S. Bank Stadium is the 27th, April 27th, 28th. For those that are going down to the uh, U.S. Bank, we'll be there. 
You know, we'll be doing our show live from uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. But then, yeah, in May when it comes out, and there's always this big joke because uh, I love to joke about, like, leaking the schedule. And so I see it ahead of time, and we've made jokes. I hope we're going to do a video. We were planning on doing a video last year. We didn't, but I hope the Vikings go ahead with my idea of uh, me trying to sneak and get the schedule out before John Randall does it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it is when you see those, those games and those times and like a Monday night versus this, you can kind of, you're right. You can tell your family, okay, here's a good one for you guys to fly in town for it's a Monday night game. So we'll get a long weekend or it's a night game. So this is a good one to be here for, uh, you know, going to Vegas. I know a lot of people want to figure that out as the Vikings, what, what date is Vegas for the Vikings? Cause you know, I got to get down there and put something on the tables and you know, all that stuff. We got to get Vegas. In, we got to get Vegas in the NBA, by the way. Come on, man. We got to get a franchise in Vegas. ASAP. <laughs> so I'll throw this out for you. So James Theus, JT, James Theus played at Syracuse the year before Carmelo got there. So I know the Carmelo story is about to come out. Uh, James Theus, I had him on the show, Syracuse, uh, former Syracuse guard, and then went on to the University of Detroit. Um, you know, for those that don't know his story, just kind of panicked, had a child, thought he needed to be home. So he went back to Detroit. Um, and then he missed out on Jerry McNamara, Carmelo Anthony, and those other two two freshmen uh, that could have been a ridiculous because he started as a true freshman at point guard and then left. So he could have been the point guard to Carmelo, which who knows what happened in his story uh, at Syracuse. Right. But he mentioned kind of because he works for the W or sorry, the junior NBA now in Vegas. And he, he, that's his job now. He's he's down there with the junior NBA, helping grow the brand and, you know, grow the sport of basketball. But he bought up because he's in Vegas. He bought up that when LeBron is done. That there's rumors that LeBron wants to be an owner and the place he wants to bring a team to is Las Vegas. What are your thoughts mm. on that? Did that, you would see that, be, that would be massive. That would be massive. I think it would be um, amazing for uh, the game. I think it would be amazing for, you know, player empowerment in terms of seeing a guy retire and then step into ownership. Um, how many people look like us are, are owners in the NBA and to do it on that stage and in Vegas, um, would be uh, would be unreal, unreal. And again, selfishly, I just want that stop on the road. You know, <laughs> the Western Conference, Vegas would be a Western Conference team. That's two stops a year to go out there and lose money. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be all about it, man. I'd be all about it. So I'm rooting for. Uh, I don't. I don't. Know. I've been on the uh, opposite end of LeBron. I was in Indiana for a long time. We battling Miami. Uh, and then battling Cleveland, and then of course now battling the Lakers. So I haven't rooted for LeBron very often, <laughs> but I'll be rooting for LeBron in that situation when he's done. And speaking of minority owners, uh, Magic Johnson, he's on the ownership group that wants to buy the uh, Washington football team. I guess the commanders, we have to call them. Uh, you're an East Coast guy. Now, you, know, you were in New Jersey for a while, so yeah. you've dealt with a lot of those East Coast football teams. But when you hear something like that, like Jeff Bezos, no, you can't get an NFL team because we don't trust you with Amazon. But Magic Johnson mm -hmm. is a true like businessman, part owner with the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, bought them a championship. Do you think that would be good for football to get a guy like Magic Johnson as the face of, a, of an ownership group? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think absolutely with Magic and, and, you know, what he stands for and the success that he's had in his career, as you mentioned, you know, in business and um, uh, even with the Dodgers, um, like the things that he has been able to do and be a part of and put his stamp on. Um, you know, I, I applaud him, you know, his run with the, uh, the Lakers, you know, wasn't, the, you know, wasn't that great, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm always gonna, I'm, I'm gonna root for, um, I'm gonna root for brothers who, who have an opportunity to step into, you know, positions like that and, um, have that visibility. And, um, I, I think it would be, I would think it would be, I don't see any downsides. I don't see any downsides to it. I think it'd be tremendous, especially for a franchise 
that's had not one but two black guys for a long period of time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about that with the, the Washington football team or Washington Commanders, um, that's what Snyder has to decide: is is he going to fight against the owners and say I'm not selling, or is he going to go ahead and move on, which he should. When you read the transcripts of all the emails and the stuff he's done, it's about time to move on, fella. Because uh, your next step is indictment if you don't stop playing with these tax people. And I think that's why he wants to get out because uh, the rumor with the Washington football team was that he was charging the Washington team four and a half million dollars to put their logo on his plane. So I'm like, that's literally insider, like just taking your own money to pay yourself yes. to do something you should do anyway. Um, yes. But yeah, <laughs> he has a personal plane. He's like, look, if y'all want the Washington logo on my plane, it's going to cost four and a half million dollars a year for me to do this. It's like, what? <laughs> what? That's why the big boys, that's why when you got the big money, you could do those kind of dumb things. But that's 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 on uh Snyder. And I'm guessing he wants to get out before more stuff comes out of stuff he's been doing to the uh the other owners because the minority ownership group, the 49 percent, they're looking at these transcripts now, like, whoa, dude, you steal it, you steal it from us. So yes, uh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's all why it is. Dolphins head coach, uh Dolphins head coach uh, McDaniel had me cracking up um when uh he was asked about uh, the commander's selling, and he saw what the price yep. tag was. Yep, yep. He was like, damn, I couldn't even get free coffee. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that. Have... <laughs> right. We could pay four and a half million dollars for a logo to go on a plane, but I can't get like a, a black coffee with a little bit of cream and sugar. I got to pay you a dollar seventy nine for a coffee. Uh, yeah, when I heard that one, too, I'm like, that's crazy. That's they crazy. You got to pay for a coffee because I'm like, even the Minnesota Vikings, like, I don't play and I'm just on TV for them and I get to walk in there and get a free tea or some cookies or some fruit or, you know, yogurt. I'm like, dang, the head coach yeah. or the, the, the assistant coach couldn't even get a free coffee. Like, but I've heard a lot of stories. We have Pierre Garcon on former Washington uh, football player. Uh, so I, and I'm, I'm friends with Santana Moss. Yep. Former coach. So I've, I've heard some stories about Washington and, and Ryan Clark. He's been on our show, ESPN analyst, and he's talked about yeah, Washington yeah. as well. So, yeah, so it's some fundamental things they need to get changed around there. Um, but, but Michael, I want to I talk basketball. We got Michael Grady on, play-by-play uh, -play guy for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, when you think about the Minnesota Timberwolves team right now, ninth seed, 40 and 40, literally 50%, you know, winning percentage. Pelicans only a half game ahead of them. And the Pelicans still have to play one more game, though, so there's a chance they could lose and they can tie it up, and then they're going to play the Pelicans at the end of the season. But the Spurs are first, and I've always been taught as a football player, never overlook your opponent. I feel like the Timberwolves overlooked the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers did not really want to win that game. I don't think they cared about that game, and the Timberwolves lost. So now, because I would have said, oh, the Spurs is an easy win, and you just got to beat the Pelicans, you're probably the eighth seed. It's not a guarantee that you're going to beat the Spurs. So going into this game versus Spurs on Saturday, what kind of mindset – um, do these and then again that's a quick turnaround you got a Saturday and then a Sunday so it's gonna be a quick turn but what kind of mindset do you think needs to happen for them to go out and just you know not even make it a close game against the Spurs <laughs> this has been to your point a conundrum all season long and um, uh, and there's been stuff obviously before I even arrived in Minnesota you know right. all these all these years in terms of ups and downs that's given fans vertigo and just this season, man, uh, the, the Detroit losses, yes. uh, both losses to Charlotte. There was a Houston loss in there. Um, I'm forgetting others. Portland was the worst of them. Uh, you just can't play with your food in this league. Yeah. I, I, just, I just mentioned about five or six games 
And when you look at the Western Conference standings, if you win four of those six, where would the where would this Timberwolves team be in the Western Conference standings? Probably the fifth seed. I mean, from a from a from a from a maturity and a growth standpoint, there's no way that you don't look at that and say, "Okay, this is a growth opportunity. This is this is something where okay, we drop the ball in these situations that put us in the position that we're in, where we're fighting for our life to maybe get host a playing uh, a playing game, maybe get in that seven eight spot." Um, but they would have been able to not have to worry about that at all. Right. Had they taken care of business earlier in the season. So we were talking about this earlier in the year when they were dropping games, the teams that they should beat. And we're still talking about it after Sunday's performance against Portland. So I don't know who needs to step up and make a speech. <laughs> I don't know if the speech <laughs> is necessary. I don't know what needs to happen. If you just need to put mirrors in every locker. Um, but you know, if you want it, we're going to see how badly you want it in that game. Um, right. I love the fight that they showed, you know, against Brooklyn. There have been some tremendous games this season where they have shown heart, where they put it all out there on the floor and have represented, you know, not only their name on the back of the jersey, but Minnesota and the Timberwolves on the front. Um, but you have to do that in games that you're typically bored against. It's a long NBA season. It is. <clears throat> It's a long NBA season and you're going to have the nights where your attention just isn't there. And you looking at the, you know, you're looking at the, the roster and you're like, who are these? They just picked this dude off the street, bro. I'm not hoping tonight, you know, it's just, <laughs> you have to lock in and um, the Spurs are going to come out there and they're going to battle. It's going to be in Austin, Texas. It's not going to be at AT&T center. So they're going to have a, a great crowd. They're going to be into it. And we're going to see how badly this team wants it. They showed fight against Brooklyn. And then we're going to see against the San Antonio team that they should, uh, they should beat easily. Um, we're going to see how badly they want it. And then we'll see how they respond the next night uh, against uh, New Orleans. Yeah, because it's crazy. Because if you look at New Orleans, I mean, the Pelicans have to play the Grizzlies. So that's probably a loss tonight, hopefully. If they lose... They're back to tied, and they could be the eighth seed. They also play the Knicks, who Jalen Brunson has been playing lights out. That team has gotten better, uh, and then they play the or sorry, and then they play the uh, the Timberwolves. And so, if you look at, they have to play the the Pelicans now, or sorry, they play the Grizzlies now, then the Knicks. Two good teams. If they lose both of those, all the Timberwolves have to do is just come out and play, and they are the eighth seed. And then they have to wait. Of course, they have to play the seventh seed on the road. And then maybe they jump into the seventh. But you're right. Two games. You beat the Trailblazers. And if you beat the Pistons, you would be tied with the Warriors. That's what's so crazy about this. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the Rudy Gobert project. You got Carlin Towns finally back. You got Anthony Edwards. You got rid of D'Lo. And, and honestly, I think if if Carlin Towns is healthy all year and you keep D'Lo, I don't think they look to trade D'Lo. I think this is probably a better team with those four players watching him play now with LeBron and AD. Uh, D'Lo is a killer, um, but I just felt like maybe they were out of whack because they were trying to manufacture this team and put it together. But like watching them, like I said, I, I went to that Pistons game and watching them like Jay Nivey didn't even play most of that game and they still couldn't find ways to win and they would still get beat on the same plays on defense. Offensively, I think they're like they have scores, but defensively, it seems like a lot of times the rotation is just off. Is that from injury, sickness, and players just not playing together all season? Where, like, you know, that man, like, dudes and pickup after about five games, you can start clicking. 
Like you play five games together and pick up, you start clicking. You know who gonna be where. You know who can pick up who. You know who can switch and everybody's playing. You know when you when you got a good pickup team playing defense because I play a lot at Lifetime Fitness. And when we get five yeah. guys and we won five games, all of a sudden after that, those next four, we rolling because we like man, we know the defense. I can switch off of him if he said a pick. I'm gonna switch off. But the Pistons killed them with that rotation where they kind of set the double screen and then they rolled, okay, kicked it all the way around the court and the guy's wide open in the corner like four straight times. How can they get out of that mindset? Because every other coach is watching that film and they're going to run sim- similar type of sets. Like, hey, we just got to run a motion offense and the Timberwolves are going to get eventually get confused late in the game. How do they stop that? You know, there's always a run again, like a, you know, like a, a game within the game and there's yeah. a number of factors in it. And if you are, like you mentioned, playing uh, at Lifetime Fitness and you get five <laughs> games in and the chemistry and all that type of stuff. Um, but if you are, if you're hooping with dudes and someone takes offense to something that you said. Right. Like if, if they didn't like the way that you take them on the basketball court. True. That guy can completely, you know, shut down. Yep. You make I've... something valid to him on what he needs to do defensively. But because he didn't like the way that you come off, now all of a sudden you're vulnerable defensively. And True. that sets up opportunities for the for the other team. There's so many different factors. You mentioned injuries. Uh, illness was an issue not long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude had bubble guts a week ago. <laughs> um, like there was so many things. And then and then just the way that they communicate on a basketball court. And so um, not the bubble guts. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, had bubble guts, man. It was it was not uh it was not pretty. Um, no longer <laughs> so <laughs> that was Phoenix. So there's like so many different things. And I think communication and just being locked in together and putting go to the side is a huge deal, a really huge deal. And I think we saw that, you know, in the Brooklyn game. Brooklyn, so uh, one of their strengths is their ability to get downhill, draw on the defense, and then a kick out. And they're one of the top shooting teams from deep in the NBA in terms of three-point field goal percentage. And Dinwiddie's a great downhill runner. Yep. And the kick out of Dorian Finney-Smith has been playing confidently from deep. Uh, Cam Johnson can hit the three. Seth Curry, Joe Harris, um, and Mikael Bridges has been doing this thing. And the Nets were hurting us in those type of situations and in transition. But as the game wore on and as the Timberwolves slowly but surely started to take the control of the game, their defense in the half-court set was more solid. They were getting out on shooters, and they were defending well in those downhill runs by Dinwiddie, even though he had his moments. And then transition, you know, they got locked in and were hustling and getting back. So communication, throwing ego out the window, and just hustling, yeah. period. Give you, give, it gives you a chance. You know, these, these coaches are drawing up a, a solid game plan, but it's up to the players to, you know, execute it make tweaks, adjustments, all those types of things. It's a collective effort. Um, but, yeah, there's certainly factors and reasons why it, it does not work. That Brooklyn game is, is an example of how it can work. Put egos to the side. Do what you have to do to help your fellow teammate and get the victory, which is all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, this NBA season is, is literally the East and the West are the same as far as parity. You got the top two teams that kind of set themselves apart from everybody else. You got that next two teams that could challenge those top four, but they're kind of waiting in the wings. And then that five through eight or five through nine, even it's like two game difference between that. If I were to tell you at the beginning of the year uh, when they traded for Rudy Gobert, I say, you know what? I got a I got a feeling that they're going to be two games behind the Warriors. 
would you have assumed those two games behind the Warriors would put them in ninth? Or would you be like, man, this is a fifth, <laughs> fifth seed team? Like, what, what was your thoughts yeah. of the early in the season? No, that's a great point. No, if you'd have told me that, I would not have I would not have pictured it being where they are in the standings right now. I would say, oh, man, they crushed it. They crushed <laughs> it this season. So, because uh, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't expect the Warriors to be this far back. I didn't expect the Lakers to be, you know, this far back, even though they had some question marks heading into the season with Russell Westbrook and everything. Um, the Clippers haven't been great this season. I mean, the parody, as you mentioned, has been um, absolutely wild. And I think it's going to make for a very entertaining postseason yeah. because uh, the Warriors right now, um, welcoming back Andrew Wiggins, they can go on a run and win it all. Yep. The Lakers, as well as they're playing right now, I mean, they're red hot. I, 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 I can actually put them in the championship conversation right now, given how well they are playing. It won't be easy having to go on the road and things like that right. and have to win in someone else's building. But I don't think we would deny LeBron and say that, oh, yeah, there's no way he can steal home court advantage in a series where he doesn't have it. So, um, no, I, I think the Lakers are, uh, are, have to be in the conversation. Um, Denver has been solid all season long, but I, I think people are skeptical until they see them make a legit run in the postseason. The Grizzlies have been a lot of mouth, you know, a lot of bark and not as much bite, <laughs> even though they've been getting victories. And so I think there's going to be question marks um, about them when things get going. So, uh, look, for the, from, the, from the Wolves standpoint, though, you know, they have the talent and, to make things difficult for anybody that they would face in a play-in or a playoff situation. They have the talent. Losing Nas Reed hurts. Yes. But they still have the talent to battle with anyone in the West. It just comes down to how locked in are they, how connected are they, and how much fight are they showing when things go inevitably go wrong in a game. Right. And can they rally together? And that'll that'll be really fascinating to see. Two quick ones before we get out of here. Uh, we're going to jump into the daily three. There's going to be three questions, three minutes each. We'll give Michael most of that time, and I'll pick up where he leaves off. Um, but before we get out of here and jump into the daily three and get a word from our sponsors, uh, two quick ones. One, um, Anthony Edwards. So, again, JT Thomas. And I also had um, uh, Theo John on. So, Theo John, you know, plays. I think he's in the the Wizards uh, G League, uh, former Minnesota high school, great, and then played at Marquette and went to Duke. Uh, as we know him from that final four when he got got baycotted, I guess you want to call it. Armando Baycott gave him the ones and twos. He he blamed it on the refs, though. I love that part of it. He was like, well, you know, I can't get fined by the college refs. The refs screwed me on those two because <laughs> it was two, like, post-ups where he kind of put his leg and wedged it behind Baycott, and Baycott spent off, and twice they got him with the early fouls, so he had to come out early. <laughs> but they both brought up something um, that I've noticed a lot with the Warriors – or, sorry, the, the Wolves. And this is one quick one. If the Wolves were to get somebody like a C.J. McCullough or even a Damian Lillard, probably not a Damian Lillard because he never is going to leave trail, the Trailblazers, as he says. But if they had one other like dominant score that can play with Anthony Edwards, do you think that's the answer over two bigs in that situation of where the where the league is kind of heading? Uh, I, I think um, if you had if obviously if you had somebody like a Damian Lillard, um, I think that would be massive. Um, I think the unfortunate thing for the Wolves is they may not have had a, um, they haven't had enough time this season to see how they right. can work, work with Towns' ability to score and be effective in multiple areas on the basketball court. Uh, Gobert, you know, it started off slow, 
since the All-Star break. I, th- I feel like, and especially since they've gotten Mike Conley, he's been a different player. So I feel like they figured out how to use him. I think Kyle Anderson has played a huge role in that. And Anthony Edwards is just an absolute dog, and I'm a huge fan yeah. of Jaden McDaniels. But having another score to take pressure off of Ant um, would absolutely be huge. And I also, and, and someone who can also be um, a two-way threat also, um, right. because there is great defensive potential with this group because Ant can get in someone's jersey. McDaniels should be on the all, on one of the all-defensive teams this season. Gobert has been a three-time defensive player of the year. So um, to add a, add a scoring punch um, and someone who can be a, a two-way player and someone who just loves to hoop because Ant is just a straight-up hooper. He just loves ball, man. So, yeah, no, I think that would be um, – that would be massive uh, if, if they can if they can add pieces to take this team to another level in the offseason. Yeah, and so when you think about Anthony Edwards and you bought that up, uh, one, I agree. I've, I've met him at the Vikings game. He was a real cool dude off the court. Like, I love his energy. I love his youthfulness. Like, I love his confidence. Um, when I see a guy like that, I'm 6'3". He stands probably an inch or two taller than me. He's just as big as I am. So I know how I can push around dudes on the court. What is it going to take for him – to, to eventually jump into that Michael Jordan type of role for this team where it's like, look, the ball has to go through me. I have to touch the ball. And if I get a one-on-one, get out of my way because I will facilitate it. I will pass it when we need it. If I'm a score, I'm going to go score. Like, is that going to be a, a, a Chris Finch type of, of, of trigger where he's like, look, I'm giving you the keys now. You got to do this for us because the other score per se, I thought it was going to be D'Lo. Um, the game got weird when those two sometimes are in the game and it gets out of whack where, you know, D'Lo pulls unnecessarily. Uh, but then I noticed like when, like you said, another score, Mike Conley hit two threes and that kind of changed the scope of that Nets game for the Timberwolves. But at what point is Ant going to just say, you know what? I'm that guy. Uh, get out of my way. I, I think every offseason, and I, I learned this kind of watching um, Reggie Miller back in the day and hearing a lot of Reggie Miller stories and the work that he put in in the offseason to kind of take his game to another level. And all the best players, we're talking about Mike, we're talking about Kobe, they always add things to their game. Kobe was a polished, well-rounded player, and then he decided to spend the summer working with Akeem Olajuwon to work mm-hmm. on his footwork. And so it's all about adding things to your game in the offseason because when you step into the league and you're a sensation, you're going to have a couple of moves that you go to and mm-hmm. people aren't going to be used to it and you're going to get buckets. And then they're going to see you on tape and go, okay, I'm going to take that away. And then players who take their game to another level, okay, what's going to be a counter to what they're doing. So you add that element to your game. Some guys may have a just a couple of go-tos, period. But the best of the best, you can't put them in an uncomfortable situation. Kevin Durant doesn't get put in uncomfortable situations. He True. just misses shots. Right. Like, you can't force him into a shot that he doesn't want. If he takes 15 to 20 attempts a game, there might be two that, okay, he probably shouldn't have taken that. Yep. But for the most part, he's only getting looks that he wants that he's been put countless time in in the gym, and he's confident in terms of where he wants to get on the court. There's very little improvising. He's been doing this in the gym, practicing over the summers, during practices, during the regular season, so he knows exactly where he wants to get to on the court. When I watch Ant, I'm seeing ridiculous God-given ability, and I'm seeing a lot of improvising out there on the court. I'm just going to attack right now. Sometimes it'll end in a spectacular dunk. Sometimes he may spin. 
and lose the handle. Sometimes he may be go between the legs and try to get to a double team, lose the handle. He's, he's forcing it in those situations. The more confident he gets in terms of, um, you know, I, 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 Matrix is one of my favorite movies, but just kind of <laughs> being in the, literally being in the Matrix and knowing where you want to get to and the spots that you, you want to get to and seeing the play before it actually happens and being patient in that space is going to take him to another level. And that may mean getting to your spot and scoring, or it also mean getting to your spot knowing you're going to draw uh, defenders and then hitting an open teammate and, and finding Gobert, which has been a struggle this season um, with, with Ant specifically. So those are all things that, I mean, his talent at 21 years old is unreal. And he has so many other levels to go, which is scary for the NBA. Yeah, well, he is Neo. He, he wears number one, so he is the one. Yeah, the he Timberwolves. is the one. So he is the one. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan as well. I know there's speed in there. So, you know, can he add that to his game? But, I mean, one of my favorites yeah. is John Wick. And so John Wick and Keanu Reeves versus the major. Sometimes you just got to be a killer, you know. And, that, that's, <laughs> no and, that's, and that's what I think Anthony Edwards, like I said, I met the kid. He seems like he can be a great one. Uh, look at his size and his build. Um, like I'm looking forward to seeing him and Jay Ivey over the next couple of years. Jay Ivey, you know, yeah. I, was, I was there when he was born. Uh, his dad was my teammate with the Ravens. But we're going to jump into the Daily Three. Remember, people, Locked On Sports Minnesota is a, par, a proud partner with CARE 11. Just check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our Locked On shows. And we have a word from our sponsors. Built Bar and the Built March Madness contest is complete. People have been going to BuiltMarchMadness.com, voting for their favorite bars and puffs, trying to win free boxes of Built and Built Bar subscriptions. Thank you for voting in that contest. Why did so many people flock to vote in that contest? Because Built Bars are simply the best protein bars in the world, in the universe. They are high in protein. They're low in sugar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they have so many wonderful flavors. You can get boxes of Built Bars at Built.com. Promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. You can also go to Walmart or Sam's Club and find them in the pharmacy section. Built Bars, they nail it every time with those bars and puffs. Go get a box today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And now it's time for the part of the show that I love. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. All right, Michael, let me hit, hit you with this to start. This is an interesting transition because you went from public address into more of the play-by-play realm. You don't often see that transition. And you were the Indiana Pacers public address voice. And that doesn't surprise me because you have an unbelievable voice. But I want to know if you had a signature call when you were the Pacers PA guy. Uh, that's, you know, I, typically I would leave that more into the fans because each of them have their own, you know, maybe personal favor, but the one that I would have to say that really touches me and almost got me a little bit emotional when I went back to Indiana and heard that they were still doing it. So I replaced a guy who had been doing it for maybe 40 years here. You know, he was a legendary. His name was Red Porter and he had some famous calls. And so I knew that I had big shoes to fill when I stepped in. And the best PA announcer in the NBA at the time, and is still and, and is still the best, is uh, John Mason of the Pistons. 
Yeah. And we know how annoying it was when you went, uh, do the Detroit basketball <laughs> turnover or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm from Detroit, like, so I know that one. Okay, yeah, you all you know. All, yeah, man. He's, he was un- unreal, man. He's, he's amazing. And uh, I always love, love chatting up with him when I see him. Um, but I was like, what can I do that's kind of similar to that? And I just kind of kept it simple. I would say Indy, and the fans would say Anna. And I would save it for moments in the game where uh, the momentum was building. I would save it for um, moments where I wanted to be annoying to the opposition as well. Uh, and so the, uh, you know, 17,000 people like echoing, you know, your call in big moments of a big regular season, a big playoff game. And so when I returned to Indiana as a member of the net and I heard that they were still doing the, I, they were still doing the chant. Um, that kind of touched me because I felt like, you know, okay, all right, we did something that's kind of clicked. I did. I was I was there for almost um, almost a decade, so it was it was it was a special run. Oh man, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, Detroit. I'm from Detroit, so at my wedding, uh, all my family, like my literally my whole family, still lives there. Came and that was the one thing. One of my cousins grabbed the mic uh, during the re- the uh, reception, and they got like a lot of the family doing <laughs> Detroit, and everybody was yelling back. <laughs> and the Minnesota people kind of couldn't really say the much. They couldn't say much because that's back then when 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 the Pistons were good, and I don't think has the Timberwolves yeah. ever been. We're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. But. <laughs> Working on that. That's back with Ben Working Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, and all that. So yeah. So no, that was that was that's awesome. What you got next, Sam? Yeah, Ben Wallace, <laughs> love it. Uh, <laughs> all right, you've seen a lot of a lot of basketball games in person, Michael, uh, as a PA guy, play by play guy. What is the best individual performance that you've witnessed in an NBA game? Oh man, this is tough because I, I was prepared to give you one answer and then another one popped into my head. So this is tough. So I'm just going to cheat. Um, <laughs> uh, Kyrie Irving dropped 60 um, in Orlando in a game that I was calling um, uh, with Sarah Kustak last season. And it was, if you've been in the building on the road and the home fans are booing you initially, and then they're cheering you as the game goes on because you just hit 40, hit 50, and then hit a big bucket for 60, and they don't even care about their home team anymore. <laughs> actually cheering you giving their team buckets uh, is something that I just haven't seen before, and that was wild. So um, in, in recent memory, uh, Kyrie going for 60 um, was nuts. And what was wild about that was that was he, it was literally a 24 hours or 48 hours after Carl Anthony Towns dropped 60 in San Antonio last season. Oh, wow. um, but, the first, but the first one I was going to bring up, and I've seen, you know, I've seen Durant have these ridiculous performances, his postseason against Milwaukee a couple of years ago were terrific. So Kevin's really my number one because he makes everything look so easy with some of his performances. And he dropped 49 and 48 against uh, Milwaukee. And they were throwing everybody at him, like literally everybody at Kevin. And he still couldn't be stopped in that series. That was unreal. Um, but I was going to bring up LeBron uh, going back to those Indiana days. Pacers were up 2-1 in the series back in 2012. They were up 2-1. And they were at home. And at this point, LeBron had not won a championship yet. And so we're thinking, we got him. We got him. We're up 2-1. We're at home. We'll go up 3-1. We're definitely winning one more game in the series. And then LeBron, I have to double-check this, y'all. LeBron dropped 40 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists, uh, 2 steals, 2 blocks in 44 minutes. Wow. 
and the series is over. Um, he's had better, he's had other amazing games or whatnot, but right in front of me with everybody cheering against him and hoping he would fail. Uh, he was, I mean, that was ridiculous. Man, that is, that's crazy. And when I think about performances for me, I mean, basketball, I don't really know if I've been a part of any great basketball games, like attending them. The only one I can think of when I thought about performances was actually playing in a game with uh, Jamal Lewis. And that's when Jamal Lewis ran for 295 yards uh, and set the NFL record. And so that's the only thing I could think. I think it's like my second year in the league with the Ravens and playing receiver one. I kind of felt that like normally we'd be pissed off if we only had 10 passes total. Uh, but, but like literally Kyle Bowler was like seven. He went like on ESPN. They said he was 70% completions that day. And I'm like, yeah, he threw 10 passes. Like it was seven for 10. Like they was trying to blow it up. Like it was one of the best games the Ravens offense have ever had. I'm like, Kyle mm. threw 10 passes, but just being a part of that, like after the first couple runs, you know, we were like, man. And then like once we got to, I think he got to like his 20 something or 25th or 26th carry. And then we were like, man, all right, get his dude the ball. Cause he is like, it's, he went super sayer. He was throwing balls in the crowd and this is pre, like you got to pay for every ball you throw in the crowd. Uh, so yeah. So, so that's one of the performances where I went from like, man, I wish we'd throwing the ball more to like, man, get this dude the ball. Cause the Cleveland Browns <laughs> cannot tackle him at all today. Like, I don't know what he ate for breakfast, but can we do it again? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. What you got next, Sam? Last one. Yeah. Got to talk a little play by play with, uh, the Wolves play by play voice. Who are some play-by-play announcers that have influenced you in your career, whether it's uh, getting to know them or just observing them uh, do their craft? Uh, man, so, uh, so many, um, so many. Uh, I'll run through some names. Ian Eagle and Ryan Rucco for my time um, in Brooklyn. Chris Carino is also an amazing play-by-play guy. does um, uh, radio for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, going back to my early days, um, Mark Boyle is play-by-play radio for the Indiana Pacers, and I grew up listening to all of his calls. Chris Denary does play-by-play for the Pacers um, on television, and um, he's been a he's been a great friend and a guy that I've relied on to pop you know uh, thoughts off of and just talk play-by-play and kind of help me with my boards and things like that. Um, the great Mike Brain, um, just the best, and he. Uh, was one of the first calls to me when when um, when it was announced that I got the Timberwolves job. Um, Brian Anderson, who's play by play for TNT and CBS, and um, uh, he and play by play for the Milwaukee Brewers, he um, has helped me immensely and um, has given me amazing feedback. And he's just a terrific guy. Uh, going out, I'm, I'm, I'll unfortunately leave some people off, but when I was growing up, I wanted to do this because of, of uh, Bob Costas, you know, mm-hmm. watching Jordan in the 98 finals and Bob Costas calling those games and Ahmad Rashad doing the sideline reporting, like um, Bob Costas was just a, just a master um, at his craft and still is. And um, that's what really got me into it. And I, I uh, promised myself that I, I'm not going to forget Jim Lampley. Um, I grew up big HBO uh, boxing fan. And Lampley just did an amazing job calling um, major, major prize fights. And the passion and the emotion he had, the love he had for the fighters, putting it all out in the ring. He just mm-hmm. felt everything watching um, every single um, big, big time fight. So uh, Jim Lampley is one of the goats and um, another big time influence. 
Yeah, for me, I mean, I did watch a lot. I mean, basketball was my first love growing up. So that was one of the first sports I started playing. And I mean, at six three, everybody's assumed I would have kept playing basketball through high school, but I hated it. I hated my uh I hated running. <laughs> like I hated I love basketball because I still play it. I hated the suicides, like I hated the like I hated that part of basketball. Like I hated that. Like I don't know why. Like I just did. Like I hated suicides. Uh, like that was the worst. And uh, you know, and in my school in Detroit, I was undersized, or sorry, we were undersized. So at six three, I'm playing like small four, power forward, even sometimes. So I'm like, man, like I'm, I'm a point guard, man. Let me let me bring the ball up, coach. <laughs> uh, but the one thing I will say, uh, like when I started doing uh color analysts, I guess for the Big Ten Network, was that eleven years ago, twelve years ago? Um, for me, it was watching guys that had done the job. But as of late. The guys I really enjoy, like Mark Jackson, I love the fact that he'll say anything sometimes. Like, you know, I think he made a comment one time about Steph Curry's mom. Like, I just love the <laughs> fact that that he don't care. Like, he'll he'll say respectfully. Like, you know, something happened. Yeah. Respectfully, you know, like, I love – but I really, really love Charles Barkley and Shaq and Kenny Smith. Like, I love watching them because on Vikings Game Day Live, with on Ben Lieber, Pete Bursage, like, I guess I would be the comedic relief of that group. And so I enjoy that part of it because I do see people tweet about it later. Like, man, I can't believe Ron said that. Or I can't believe, you know, he said this in the U.S. Bank Stadium on the big screen. Like, I'm okay because now I look at it and I'm like, be myself. Like, if I got a joke, I'm going to tell it. And I love that, like, Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Shaq, I love the way they sit on that set and they just let it rip. Like, they don't care what the repercussions are. Like, they don't care what you think of what they're saying because they know it's not malicious like, I love it. Um, you know, the one thing I'm learning, though, is the critique of players. Like, I struggle with that, especially guys I'm friends with, uh, because I was burned. I'm not going to say by what player. I'm not going to say it out there. But but we were friends, and then he had a, a questionable play in the game, and I made a comment, I guess, uh, on the on KFAN radio. He must have heard it and uh, had attitude when I saw him later. Like, you know, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. And so, um, you know, I, I struggle with that of being, you know, critiquing players but I, I i like the way like Shaq and barkley don't care like i gotta learn how to do that um, well, I pre- <laughs> well i appreciate mike grady for joining yeah. me uh on the show man I, I like to do one thing uh before we get out of here i, I love to give some guests a chance to kind of go back to the future and give themselves some uh because you've been everywhere you've done a lot of different jobs uh to get to where you are now and i love to give people a chance to tell themselves like something uh whether it's like you know, and it, whatever you're telling yourself could help somebody else in your situation. But if you can go back in the future, Michael J. Fox style, run into your younger self, uh, whether you want to tell yourself to buy Google, I don't know. What would you what advice would you give yourself uh, to help yourself for the future? Um, I think the. Uh, not to get too sentimental, you know, I, I, uh, yeah. I would uh, I would say uh, I would say call your mom. Oh. I would I like say that. call your mom. I um uh, I lost my mom uh, just days before I took the Timberwolves job, and um, we had a we had a um, great relationship. She was my biggest fan. Um, she's the one that got me into sports, and um and she would call me or send me a text after uh, each Nets game, and I know that she would have been calling me after every Timberwolves game after big wins. After the loss to Portland, she would have texted me. She would have called me. Um, we just we had a we had a solid relationship. And then, but when you lose someone that's that special, you think about the times where I could have, you know, made an extra call. I could have, you know, sent this extra text, or I could have, you know, said extra "I love you" in there, things like that. So, 
we only have, um, you know, so much time here and um, it's amazing. It's such a blessing to be here and do the things that we get to do. And um, uh, just keep thinking about the people who have poured so much into you to put you in the position that you're in. And um, don't be shy or, or timid about telling them how much you love them and how much you appreciate them for helping you in your journey. Yeah, man, I love that. That's huge. That's a big one. Uh, well, I want to thank everybody for joining us today on the Ron Johnson Show. Remember, Amazon Fire and Roku, you can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app right there to your TV. And then also, wherever you get your podcast, iHeart uh, app, if you go to Spotify, iTunes, wherever, you can download Locked On Sports Minnesota, get all of our videos, all of our shows. But mainly on the podcast side, you can listen to it right there. The videos and shows, of course, are on YouTube. And please subscribe. I want to thank you. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.